Roxy, we're going to be doing all sorts of testing today. Ah, I didn't study. You'll be fine as long as you've been studying yourself. Ah, the most important test there is. I have actually been waiting a while to whip out a quote from Aristotle on this podcast. He Mm. once said, knowing thyself is the beginning of all wisdom. Unfortunately, Aristotle also said that women are more prone to depression of spirits and despair than the male. Hmm. Aristotle. Cancelled! Bye! From Religion News Service, this is Saved by the City, a podcast from two single Christian women making our way in New York without depressing our spirits. Good luck. (laughs) I'm Caitlin Beatty. And I'm Roxy Stone. I saw you on TV this weekend, Caitlin. Yes, I saw myself on TV this weekend. (laughs) You looked great. Really? You looked hot. <laughs> like a hot Hillsong pastor hot? That's right. <laughs> I do think it's a little crazy that we've both been in separate Hillsong documentaries. People like hearing us talk about Hillsong. Yeah, it's one of our favorite topics and apparently one of you all's favorite things to listen to. So going back to testing, specifically personality testing, obviously we're in this era of personality tests. Like if you go on Facebook, which... I only do for marketplace stuff (laughs) these days. Yeah. There will be like a, which Enneagram type are you according to Harry Potter and how you like your coffee? You know, like. (laughs) So specific, yes. People like to go on the internet and read about themselves. Yeah. And I think like now it sort of is getting like intermixed with horoscope stuff. So like Starbucks recently released some app where you can like find your favorite Starbucks drink based on your star sign like if you're a leo Mm -hmm. obviously i don't know anything about horoscopes besides that i'm a leo but if i have like a leo rising ascending moon or something i'm supposed to get a frappuccino maybe like with cinnamon in it for the spicy personality (laughs) cinnamon is bold (laughs) personality testing is a two billion dollar industry these days the market knows people like to learn about themselves people also like to talk about themselves We should know, and we do want to give a little caveat here (laughs) that we're aware that a whole episode of Saved by the City about our own personality types could be slightly self-indulgent. Yeah, I mean, maybe podcasting is (laughs) self-indulgent. Indeed. (laughs) Truly. But actually, typing people is ancient, like Aristotle ancient. Mm, Yes, that's right. The humors was a theory in ancient Greece (laughs) about personality types based on your bodily fluids. It seems like we've evolved a little bit since then. Like, for example, sanguine types were believed to have had, like, too much blood. (laughs) We can laugh about that now because science, but the sanguine types were, like, lively and carefree and love taking risks and outgoing. Yeah, that rush of blood to their head. Yes. Phlegmatic types. Phlegmatic types? (laughs) (laughs) they had too much phlegm Uh, they're people they like to avoid conflict and seek harmony I have no idea how that was tied to the phlegm how that works out choleric types choleric types are savvy analytical and logical they dislike small talk and enjoy deep conversations what was the bodily fluid there? It was a humor. See, humors were like a, a specific kind of bile. Oh. Like again. angry types. 
Gross. The choleric types have too much yellow bile. Well, the melancholic types had too much black bile. I've never thought so much about bile. <laughs> Fittingly, with all that black bile, they are serious, intense, and moody. They're the brooders of the bunch. All right. Which one are you? Wait, <laughs> let me guess. Hmm. I think I'm... I I'm think your I'm the... choleric. <laughs> I think... I, I think I'm, uh, yeah, I think I have too much yellow bile built up. I've got to go uh, see my doctor about that. Uh, I think I've got the black bile. This is a cry for help, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's move on from the gross, archaic bodily fluids personality tests and move on to the uh, more modern and obviously more scientific Later on, we'll do a real-life journey into our subconscious, led by our spiritual guide, who also happens to be our podcast producer, Jonathan. Thank you, Jonathan. But first, why don't we first do a quick overview of what we know about ourselves based on the more popular and recent personality tests out there. Do you remember the first personality test you took? I'm sure it was something really sophisticated, like the MASH game in junior high or something. <laughs> but uh... That was more like fortune telling. Yeah. <laughs> they, I feel like they overlap once in a while. Mm. I think probably Myers-Briggs. I mean, that's the first one I remember sort of hearing about or talking about or being serious about. I think there was also like at my first job, we had to take the DISC profile. Mm, I'm not familiar with the DISC profile. I'm not familiar enough with it to talk about it in depth on this podcast. I remember I was an IC and that was apparently uh, rare and unique, which I appreciated for reasons we'll get into later. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I, my first personality test was the Myers-Briggs test. Mm-hmm. So the Myers-Briggs personality test has been around like 100 years. Wow. Created by a mother and a daughter team who were deeply influenced by Carl Jung's theory of personality. And I have consistently tested as an INFJ, which is supposed to be the rarest type. But also I feel like 90% of my friends are INFJs (laughs) and go around saying, we're the rarest type. I think in general, our friend groups probably reflect our similar tendencies. Yeah, but basically introverted over extroverted. Obviously, I I get more energy from like alone time or time with Mm -hmm. a small group of people. Intuitive, which is more... Uh, like you're, you're drawn more to big concepts and themes rather than mm-hmm. like facts and like things you can prove. Facts. <laughs> Who needs I, my, my gut is my fact. Okay. Feelings don't care about facts. <laughs> yeah, Ben Shapiro. Uh, feeling versus thinking is not so much like, so I, a lot of people have said, oh, I would have thought that you're thinking because... Right. You don't, but it's more about how you make decisions. And at the end mm. of the day, I'm more likely to go with feelings and with like, you know, intellectual analysis on big decisions. And then judging mm-hmm. the J is no surprise. Like you are a planner. You like things wrapped up. Uh, whereas the P's perception is more like, let's go explore. Let's see what mm-hmm. happens. That is not me. It is me. INFP. And in fact, it is apparently the only way that we differ, as I am an INFP. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So I am also an introvert, although I have also tested as an ENFP. 
Um, mm. So, but every time I take it, I'm like 49% one, it's 51% like, yeah. the other. I'm very even on the I and the E. Mm-hmm. Um, as I get older, I think I get more introverted. But mm-hmm. I will say all of the others, the N, the F, and the P are like, I'm solidly in that camp. There's no, yeah. <laughs> there's no right. wavering on that. So, yes. How do you experience your, <laughs> your P? <laughs> How do you experience your P? Well, I just had some asparagus, so. <laughs> oh, man. Um, the perception, like the P part of it for you. I'm just going to say it. How does that manifest in your life? Because you seem like someone who's very, like, let's make a plan on top of things. Oh, good. But you're, maybe you're more of an, ex- like, you have a more exploratory bent. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that I would describe myself as on top of things. I generally feel like I'm scrambling a lot or, like, procrastinating or behind or, you know, like, like, Recently, I double booked myself like three times in three weeks. And I was like, how did Mm. I do that? So Mm. I have been trying to be more on my calendar lately. But I appreciate a plan. I like it better when somebody else plans. Like I Mm -hmm. kind of like to be the the little bit of a chaos agent in somebody else's plan. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But not... Chaotic um, good. Chaotic good. Yeah, I not like chaotic to think of myself evil. as chaotic good. I really do enjoy spontaneity, but I enjoy a little bit of structure within which I can be spontaneous, which is why mm-hmm. I think I really appreciate it when someone else has a, has a loose plan and then I get to like yeah. be like, oh, look, we're walking along this preordained path, but there's some ice cream. Let's stop and get ice cream. So. But you want there to be a, you want someone else to do the preordained path. It's not just mm-hmm. like. Right total openness and I do not get any joy from planning that I am not Mm. the person that's going to sit down and google all the things and come up with the itinerary and make the reservations like that is not me oh man (laughs) honestly (laughs) the glee with which you love to plan I'm pretty sure that over half of the joy of the trip is just the planning of the trip like that is so much fun to me But okay, so here's a question because I feel I like that for you and I generally like to travel with that person unless Mm -hmm. they're so strict about their plan that anything that goes wrong or anything that comes along that might be a fun distraction, like it throws them for a loop and they don't have fun because they're worried about the plan. Roxy, this has become therapy. (laughs) (laughs) If I'm in a healthy place, I can kind of make an itinerary that's like, here are a few things that I could do today. But the order and if I don't get to something, whatever, it's kind of, I just want to know, here are some options. Mm -hmm. If I'm in a place of stress or unhealth, yes. If there's a plan and I've put all this time and energy into it and like something happens that you can't foresee, that can be mm, debilitating in a way that is Mm -hmm. very that I think is probably unhealthy because it's ultimately about control. I've never seen that happen with our podcast schedule before. I'm pretty sure you (laughs) have. (laughs) A little behind the scenes. 
hopefully most of the time I'm able to go with the flow. You are. You are. Well, before this goes too meta and too personal, let's talk about have you done Strengths Finder? Yeah. So the Strengths Finder is like often used by jobs, I think, by workplaces to kind of understand the different values and skill sets that people bring into the workplace. Right. I think some like vocational coaches and stuff use them too to like help people understand like, oh, you'd be really good in sales or you'd be right really good in fundraising, you know, or Mm -hmm. actually you should sit in a room by yourself and type at a computer and never talk to anyone. (laughs) Yeah. I also took this in a workplace context several years ago. And for me, it kind of raised the question. I mean, I joked at the notion that we have our strengths finders like in our DNA. I can look (laughs) back and say that workplace probably shaped what I was good at. Like I was a product, I have been a product of a very particular workplace. It'd be interesting to see what the test results would have been if I had started my career in a totally different field, Mm -hmm. one that required a different set of skills. I'm going to bet that we have some overlap. Uh, Yeah, I am too. Um, Shall we see? Yes. Yes, we should. You should go first. All right. So I think like the StrengthsFinder had sort of four quadrants. So there's all these like what are how many strengths are there 34 34 there are 34 strengths and they fall into like three four different kinds of quadrants strategic thinking relationship building influencing and executing which mm. sounds dangerous but i think it means executive function <laughs> yeah I, I feel like that might be a liability in the workplace maybe firing them that's part of an executive function anyway <laughs> this got dark <laughs> All right. I have strategic, mm-hmm. ideation, intellection, adaptability. Oh, I thought I had woo. Ah! <laughs> I, don't, I know I had woo. I had it at one point, but now I don't. I wonder what. You've lost okay. your woo. I lost my woo. <laughs> the other one I have is command. Ooh. Ooh. So I can, I can figure out strategic, intellection, adaptability. <laughs> what were the other two? Ideation uh-huh. and, and command. So what is command? Command is under influencing that people exceptionally talented in the command theme have presence. Mm-hmm. They can take control of a situation and make decisions. Mm-hmm. Almost like a managing editor. Yeah. The, I mean, I feel a- this. Like, I feel often like I'm like, I, I do feel like I kind of take over meetings a lot. And, I, mm-hmm. and I'm very, like, interested in getting to a resolution. Although, again, I do feel like I'm, I've been more that way in some jobs than in others. So I agree mm-hmm. with you that, that jobs can kind of shape this. The one that surprised me was adaptability, but maybe it goes back to the P thing. That's um, what I was thinking. But I think this, was, this is like if I get a wrench thrown in my day, I can usually roll with it. Although mm-hmm. I will admit the t- more tired I am, the less I'm likely to do that. Mm. And the more often it happens and the more often it's the same person throwing a wrench in my day, Mm -hmm. the more frustrated I get with that. So, yes, but I like ideation. Ideation Mm -hmm. is like really sounds like what it is coming up with ideas, brainstorming, vision casting. I'm not so good at the executing on the ideation. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But I would think your command would help. Well, I like to tell other people how to execute on my ideas. Also also known as, (laughs) yeah, delegation. I, I'm the visionary. So you would be a really good mega church pastor. I'm the visionary. I would be so good. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then you, my minions can go execute. <laughs> yeah. It's also why I like, uh, I could come up with good article ideas and then uh, hire a freelancer to do them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we have three of the same ones. Aha. Uh-huh. I have strategic, yeah. which I feel like is pretty self-explanatory, intellection. Wait, did you have intellection? I did. Yeah. Yeah. And ideation. So we have those what? three. Okay. So... Remind me what intellection... People exceptionally talented in the intellection theme are characterized by their intellectual activity. They are introspective and appreciate intellectual discussions. I mean, that's that's all we do on this podcast. We have intellectual discussions. (laughs) About about bile. Yeah, that was super intellectual. Um, Yes, I have strategic intellection ideation. I love coming up with ideas. Mm -hmm. I also have connectedness, which is like you see the connections between all sorts Mm -hmm. of things and ideas and Mm -hmm. people. And input, which is basically just like you you like learning, like you're you're seeking out uh, information or data, like fact finding. Oh, so four of yours are in strategic thinking. Yeah. And again, I, I, I'd be interested to take it now. This was five or six mm-hmm. years ago, but I was coming out of, I remember all of our staff took strengths finders and mm-hmm. we were all like top heavy in the strategic mm-hmm module and that was a problem actually like we didn't have a lot of people on staff who had emotional intelligence (laughs) (laughs) that was a problem you know who had woo or empathy yeah seems like it would be a a value in a workplace all right let's get to the og which is the enneagram i know that we have talked about our enneagram types a bit but just as a refresher remind us what you are you've already hinted at it with the melancholic nature yeah uh, I am a four. What is a four? The individualist. Mm-hmm. The individualists are the sensitive, introspective types. Uh, they are also expressive, dramatic, self-absorbed, and temperamental. So it's great. It's great to be a four. I do like the Enneagram because I do think that one of the cool things about it is that it 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 has some of your strengths, some of the strengths in here, but it also is like pretty well aware of the weaknesses of the types Mm -hmm. and talks a lot about what a healthy four would look like, what an unhealthy four would look like and how to sort of go toward what they call like your areas of integration rather than disintegration. Right. But I mean, it's really tough to be a four, like maybe the toughest of all of them. (laughs) I feel like first of all, that's such a four thing to say. (laughs) That's why I said it. Okay. (laughs) But what do you like about being a four? I'm being serious. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, I think that fours like run deep, you know? I mean, I think that I have Mm -hmm. a rich interior thought life and an imagination. Fours are often artistic. You know, I think I'm pretty self-reflective, which can convert to being self-absorbed. But I think, you know, I see beauty in a lot of places. I like art. I appreciate great aesthetics in my environment. I love Mm -hmm nature i mean i think there's just the the four really is is like intuitively seeks and appreciates beauty and i like that i think fours can find a lot of meaning in life and seek it and i like that about myself like i i i don't really just like skim at the surface of life you know like mm-hmm. i feel like i i think deeply about things and i care about um what's under the surface mm-hmm. i agree that that is true about you you know, I, I think I'm not as much in the dark places of a four as I have been in other 
eras and time periods of my life. And those you can just say seasons, seasons. That's right. This is a Christian (laughs) podcast. We can say seasons. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've, I've gone down the, the, the dark hole of the melancholic Mm -hmm. for at times in my life. And there, and it's not, it's not a fun place to be. What about you? I mean, I know what you are, but, but tell us, tell us more about what it is to be a three. Threes are self-assured, attractive, not Mm -hmm. today and charming. Hot. Ambitious, competent, energetic. They can also be status conscious and highly driven for advancement They typically have problems with workaholism and competitiveness. Mm -hmm. As you were alluding to, I think the Enneagram is attractive as a personality test because it gets at the dynamism in a personality. Mm -hmm. I just think it more naturally lends itself to spiritual growth or spiritual reflection. Which is why I think it's become so popular in like Christian circles, because Mm -hmm. there is such an element of like spiritual growth to it or of interest in growing. Yeah, you could kind of reframe the Enneagram concepts into traditionally Christian concepts pretty easily, I think. The first time I came across the type three description, I was like, oh, I don't like that type. I don't like that type of person. And then I saw an Enneagram consultant in Nashville, as you do. Mm-hmm. And she was like, yeah, you're, you're a three. You know, I mean, there were exercises, but I, I do resonate with a lot of the tendencies of the six, which is a person who seeks mm-hmm. security and can be like very skeptical. And, but um, I do think the, the need to be productive and produce and kind of show, show something for yourself. I very much resonate with that. It's very hard for me to think about going through a day without having accomplished something mm-hmm. really specific. Mm-hmm. Competitiveness, you know, mm-hmm. New York City is a mm-hmm. place where yes. threeness can thrive because there's always somebody more intelligent than you, more accomplished than you, more beautiful than you, richer than you. And I can, I can sometimes feel that coming out and then have to kind of yeah, find a, a different way of centering. I mean, ultimately, it's about feeling worth and value. And the path of growth is finding your worth apart from what you accomplish or pr- apart from like kind of what you present to the world. So yeah, I found it. It's really resonated and been really helpful. I am a three wing. That's one of the things that the Enneagram does is like you have like a wing and you are one of the numbers on either side of yours. So I do resonate a lot with the three. And I have heard it said before that New York is a three and a four town, which you also see, you know, a lot of the arts are here. A lot of, you know, right. Broadway theater, fine arts. Um, and I've heard that DC is a one town cause one is like the highly, mm-hmm. like, you know, like the, like very, very morality driven ideas around like what's right, what's wrong. The idealist. Yeah. Yes. DC is a place where you go hoping to achieve your ideals and then you leave realizing, oh my gosh, this place is really corrupt (laughs) and really messed up. I am no longer an idealist. Just a cynic. Roxy, you lived on the West Coast for a time. If you had to type all the millions and millions of people who live on the West Coast or like the vibe as it were, what type is the West Coast? Specifically California. Well, I lived in San Diego and I'm going to say San Diego was, is a nine. Like it is so chill. Like we're all just going to get up. We're going to go surfing. It's all going to be good. I can say for certainty that Ohio gives, is giving six. (laughs) Mm. Like stability, security, constancy, like 
stay true to your roots, stay true to your people and institutions, maybe a little bit skeptical. Maybe this is just my family and I'm using that to talk about all of Ohio, (laughs) but like being suspicious of people who think they're too, like who are too big for their britches. Does that mean that the South is a two? I was just thinking. Like, is that the like Southern hospitality and service? But then underneath there's also like a little bit of resentment over all that. (laughs) Yes, I do. I do think the hospitality, domesticity, y'all come back now you hear. Wow. Maybe has a, the like the type two has the tinge of, and you better not forget how much I've done for you. (laughs) Right. Let's see, the West, the Mountain West, the rugged Mountain West, the cowboy, the cowboy spirit. Well, you know, the type five is highly independent. That's actually what I was going to go with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think a lot of fives end up as like libertarians. Yes. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, the Wild West and, and... and where I grew up in Colorado, like people want their space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, seven, I got to go with Disney World. <laughs> just Disney World. Let's just, say, let's just say Florida. Let's just say Florida. <laughs> Although Florida also has some um, unhealthy eight. <laughs> maybe. maybe if... I think um, that's, I think we've done all of them. Have we? All right. Well, feel free to come to uh, the internet maybe Twitter, and tell us how wrong we are about your part of the country. (laughs) We welcome feedback. In the meantime, let's go to break. And when we come back, Jonathan, our producer slash spiritual guide, take us on a journey of the mind. Jonathan, cue the woo-woo interstellar music. Religion News Service is an independent, award-winning source of global reporting on religion, spirituality, culture, and ethics. Get the deets on the God Beats. And if you like what we're doing at Saved by the City, let us know. Throw us a rating or a review. It goes a long way toward getting the word out about the show. We have a very kind and very long review. Oh, yeah? Yes. The reviewer said, What I like the most that keeps this podcast unique from others is the undergirding of Caitlin and Roxy's friendship. They share and ask questions to each other as friends that they have done the work to develop trust and deeper knowing of the other. They engage conversationally around important topics. It's a hard balance to strike as a journalist and podcast host. And I think Caitlin and Roxy do an excellent job of finding the right mix to engage our minds, hearts, and souls as an integrated whole in a meaningful way. Wow. We're engaging souls, y'all, and the humors. Well, whatever Enneagram type our podcast is, sounds like it's pretty healthy. Very integrated. If you want to share your own feedback, you can email us at sbtcpodcast at religionnews.com. We'd love to hear from you. I'm Paul Brandeis Rauschenbusch. This week on The State of Belief. I felt like if anyone was going to be speaking up, it was going to have to be somebody like me. Faithful conversations around sexual orientation and gender identity in Texas with Auburn Peterson of Another Story. Also, getting ready for the 2024 vote with Adam Friedman, organizing an election strategist at Interfaith Alliance. The State of Belief, where religion and democracy meet. Distributed by Religion News Service Podcasts and available on your favorite podcast app. All right. Let's journey into our subconscious. Subconsciousnesses. Subconsciousnesses. The collective subconscious. Jonathan, guide us into the desert. 
Hello, travelers. I am pleased to be your spiritual guide on the journey into the deserts of your mind. I secretly have a huge affection for personality tests, especially ones on the internet. (laughs) You're the one doing the like, which Harry Potter sorting hat are you based on the coffee you drink? Funny you should mention, because I actually went searching for the most ridiculous personality test that I could find on internet, and she did not disappoint. I went out there to discover one called We Know the Name of Your Next Lover Based on the Food You Order from McDonald's. Whoa. That would be Alex. Huh. That was the name of my first boyfriend. So he's coming back. (laughs) Is that when you ordered a lot of chicken nuggets? (laughs) Speaking of nuggets, another test. Eat at a buffet and we'll reveal what percent Phoebe Buffet you are. (laughs) Wow. That's really good. What a pun. Turns out I'm 1% Phoebe Buffet. This one's a classic. Everyone has a Jane Austen heroine who matches their personality. Here's yours. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. You can ask me who I am. Who are you? Lizzie Bennett. Nailed it. Hey. No one wants to be the other lady. Her mom? <laughs> no, her friend who gets married to the total simp of a guy. Oh, Charlotte. Uh, yeah. I always get Eleanor. Oh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. That's Emma Thompson. That's okay. Um, can we guess your relationship status based on the grocery shopping you do? I am taken. We have, we know which Danny DeVito character you're most like based on these seven questions. And it turns out I'm the penguin. Oh, no. So you're the evil bird. I am a terrorist mastermind evil bird man eating raw fish. That scene haunts me. We have build an ice cream sundae and we'll reveal what you'll be doing 10 years from now. Curious? Are you still alive? I will be divorced from Zac Efron. Poor guy. Well, congrats on your upcoming nuptials. Thanks. And finally, let's see if you belong in the movie Bring It On or the movie Stick It. (laughs) What? I am afraid to ask. What is Stick It? Oh, it's a gymnastics movie. Yeah. Stick the landing. Stick the landing. So anyway, naturally, I am a Rancho Carne Toro from Bring It On. I mean, I think we could all see that coming. So I thought here we are. We're going to take this important personality test known as the cube, which I'll get into in a minute. But just to warm ourselves up, Mm -hmm. I'd like you each to pick one of these. Mm. And we're going to find something interesting about you. Get the juices flowing. So you can be the name of your next lover based on your McDonald's order. What percent Phoebe Buffet are you? Jane Austen. Grocery store shopping. Danny DeVito. Ice cream sundae. Or bring it on or stick it. Um... I want to know which Danny DeVito character I am. That is the one that I wanted to do. (laughs) Excellent choice. I've put it in the Slack. If you could go and take that test, that would be great. (laughs) This is funny. Do we have some results? Mm Mm-hmm. Alphabetical order. Caitlin, go. Okay. I got a Disney character that was voiced by Danny DeVito in the movie Hercules called Philoctetes. Uh... You have a fiery temper. Oh my gosh, well, these really are scientific. I also got a character voiced by Danny DeVito. I'm the Lorax by Dr. Seuss. Oh. This quiz says that I speak for trees and I'll do anything to protect the environment. It tracks. Okay. I think that was largely successful. And so I would like to know, are you ready to go into the deserts of the unknown? Those interior spaces that are never full. Wow. Yes. Yeah, I'm ready. 
I have my eyes closed. Okay. So this test, for anybody who doesn't know, this is the Cube Personality Test, and it's a Japanese psychology test created by Tadahiko Nagao and Isamu Saito, and it was made up in 1998. I'm going to start by asking you both a series of questions, and this requires a lot of visual imagery. So you're going to want to concentrate on as much detail as you can, and just go with your gut. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at you, Caitlin. We're going to check in with you after, just to see what you came out with. Mm-hmm. All right. Should we um, sit like in a lotus position or? I already am. I already am. You just can't see. It's hard to podcast in a lotus position. Oh. I'm actually in a really complicated yoga position right now. I'm so stretchy. Okay. We begin. You are walking alone in a desert and you come across a cube. How big is the cube? What is the cube made of? Can you see it inside the cube? How big is the cube compared to the desert? Next, you see a ladder. Picture the ladder in the space. Is the ladder leaning on the cube? What color is the ladder? What is the distance between the cube and the ladder? Next, you see a horse. There's a horse in the desert. How far away are the cube and the horse. What color is the horse? Is the horse tied up or is it roaming freely? Is the horse wearing a saddle? And now you can tell that there is a storm coming. What is the distance between the storm and the cube? Is it a big storm or a small storm? Is the storm passing by? Is it staying in one place? Is it a violent storm, thunder, and lightning, or is it calm with light rain? And finally, you see a flower. Is it one flower? Is it many flowers? Where is the flower in relation to the cube? And what color is the flower? Okay, what is this all about, Jonathan? What's the meaning of all these things? Okay, so Mm -hmm. the prompt was, the beginning was this cube. So you're walking alone in the desert and you come across a cube. So what were your cubes like? Mine was house-sized. It was glass, but you could not see through it. Hmm. How is that possible? So that is also called a mirror. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I've not been able to see anything through my mirror in a long time. I'm sorry. It's like the glass that cops have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One-way yeah. glass. One-way glass. You can see out of it, but you can't see into it. So the people inside this house-shaped cube could see outside into the desert. So there's a nice amount of privacy that's, there. That's handy. It is the size of a house in a very large desert, like the Sahara Desert. All right. Mm-hmm. Caitlin? My cube was like 12 feet tall mm. and it was black slate. It was, Ooh. you can't see anything in it. It is black slate. Was your cube solid all the way through? Yes. Or was it a box? It's solid all the way through. So the cube represents you. Um, so I'm getting Roxy is sort of like a, a one-way mirror. Uh. <laughs> I can see you, but you can't see me. Uh-huh. You know, like the cop windows. <laughs> right? And what you look at when you look at me is you looking at yes. you. Ah. <laughs> I mirror people back to them. And Caitlin is an impenetrable darkness. Good. Okay. <laughs> this makes me so sad. 
So the the thing says like if it uh, smooth and soft means it's a kind hearted sort of you um, bumpy. Mine was smooth. Okay, that's great. See, you've caught yeah, that. Yeah, mine too, but not soft. Neither of us are soft. <laughs> if your cube is transparent, you are open and honest, but sometimes emotionally overwhelmed. There's nothing on mirrors here, so that's that's interesting. <laughs> and light or dark is how you heavy you feel with burdens so sorry caitlin also interesting that the the bigger of the ratio of cube to desert is the bigger your ego right so if you're a huge cube in a small desert you have a huge ego if you have a relatively modest cube in a huge desert like both of us did our egos are healthy yes but also we apparently think we're small in the world we could have been smaller i mean it could have been like a could have been could have been like, like you know a like a one inch cube Right, like an alphabet we have, block. We have, we have a healthy idea of our place in the world. <laughs> yes. Except Roxy has two stories, and Caitlin's really just like more like one story. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Okay, so Caitlin, tell me about your ladder. What, what, is, what was your ladder like? My ladder, which is not something that I've said before ever, maybe. Um, my ladder is the, the length of the cube. It is leaning, pretty significantly mm. so it's like a six foot out from the top of the cube and it's red and wooden oh mm. it's red Fascinating. yeah great roxy mine is dropping from the sky and <gasps> so it's above the mirrored what? house cube you're gonna break this test it's like <laughs> ten, I, I have to be unique it's 10 <laughs> feet above um, my letter technically is flying <laughs> <laughs> It's descending from heaven, okay? It's white. Okay. Mm. Well, the the ladder represents your goals, right? So the shorter the ladder, the simpler the goal. The location relative to the cube is kind of important because it determines your focus. Mine is heavenward. My focus is heavenward. Mm, Or it's falling. So there's that. What's the leaning? The leaning means you have a big goal to achieve. Well, oh, look, it says this. If your ladder is over the cube, you may feel like your goals are too hard to achieve or you don't have what you need. Mm. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> what about the color? No no advice on the color. Although like okay. a red ladder, that's got to mean something. Hmm. And a white mm-hmm. ladder. A white ladder to heaven. Yeah. So so I'm not going to write the next great American novel. <laughs> that goal is out of reach is what this personality test it's is It's actually saying. that you feel it's out of reach. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Horse. Okay. Tell us about our horses. You go first, Roxy. It's a golden colored horse. Like mm. like a palomino. Mm, pretty. Caitlin and I both know exactly what a palomino looks like. I actually think I do. Oh. I was into horses briefly as a child. Yeah, and palominos are like like the Barbie doll of horses. Like they're sort of like golden colored and then they have like blonde manes. Oh, I thought it was a font. Okay. Uh, it's like 10 feet away from my cube. Oh, important. It does not have a saddle on it. My horse is white. <laughs> Mm. like beautiful and wild like Mm. really wild and my horse is far away like out in the desert (laughs) is this gandalf's horse is this gandalf's horse (laughs) is this shadowfax is this gandalf's horse are you gonna whistle for it that that kind of horse far away Mm -hmm. but running toward the cube and it has no saddle i'm just supposed Mm. to jump on Mm bareback okay well the overall impression of the horse reflects the impression you have drum roll of your partner (laughs) one of our horses is a lot closer to the cube (laughs) than the other (laughs) sad 
What does the saddle mean? Oh, boy. You could make up any number of allegories about that, couldn't you? Wait, the test doesn't say. It just asked us whether or not to put a saddle on it. Test doesn't say. I got nothing. Mm. Maybe it's just maybe since we both have unsaddled ones like they're I mean hopefully they're unmarried right they're unsaddled <laughs> yeah. these partners yeah. of ours bad metaphor but <laughs> the color also represents your emotions and feelings in your relationship hmm. so the next thing that happens is the storm Caitlin what was your storm? My storm was pretty far off. I could see some, you know, gray clouds forming off in the distance, but the sense was that it, it would like pass through quickly, maybe have some drops, but no thunder or lightning, no torrential downpour. The rain would be like a nice cleansing pitter patter. That's lovely. It is lovely. It sounds nice. Mine is here. It's on top of the cube. It's actually like in my head what the ladder was descending from. So I don't know. But, um, it was a violent storm. There was thunder and lightning, mm. mostly lightning, because I had a picture in my head of like a lightning bolt by the ladder. Mm. So the storm represents, not surprisingly, obstacles in your life, right? Oh, I, that was surprising. I should have put it far off and calm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is, Darn now it. that it occurs to me, this does seem like a pretty obvious metaphor. Yeah, but you're, oh. you had a light rain, Caitlin. That's, that seems confident. Yeah. Your obstacles are so distant and nice and calm. That's great for you. (laughs) Apparently, my obstacles are connected to my goals. All right. What's the last one? The flower? Last one's the flower. Flowers. Flower. Well, I guess you know I only picked one flower. I have one flower. I'm sure that that means something sad and Uh, lonely. Death. (laughs) Immediate death, I think. Um, Let me just look it up. Mine's red, and it's kind of in front of the cube but close to it like it's like if the cube had a garden it's like right there that's nice caitlin what was your flower Mm. yeah mine was a collection of white daisies off to the side Mm. from the cube like a small Mm. collection of of cheerful flowers how very meg Meg ryan Ryan of you (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) the flower represents your family and friends so a row, like a little garden in front of your house size queue means you have like all of these people like, right. that got to get through to get to you. I dig that. Right. I've got one friend. <laughs> Which of you is it? Mm. Which of you is actually secretly not my friend? <laughs> it says at the end, the color of the flower may also describe your current feelings toward your peers. Mm-hmm. So do you, maybe you feel like passionate toward your one peer. <laughs> That's a really good friend. It's a sanguine friend. Mm-hmm. Sanguine. Waxy, you seem sad about this, or do you feel like we need to rap? <laughs> Both. <laughs> I am. I am. I am melancholic and reflective and full of black bile. Um, I was trying to make a connection, but it didn't land. Sorry. And I disappear into a zephyr in the desert. I say thank you. Farewell. Safe by the City is a Scorpio religion news production. The Two Wing Three producer is Jay Woodward, and our consulting editor is a big wooden cube named Paul O'Donnell. We get a production assistance from ENTP Elizabeth Joy Windham and INFP Julia Windham. Tarot reader Chaz Rousseau put together our look and numerology expert Martin Fowler wrote our theme music. We are four wing three, Roxy Stone. And three wing four, Caitlin Beatty. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening.